the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are about to listen to American Signpost, a thought that points us back to God. How did the form of government we have enjoyed for the past 241 years survive? Was it the governmental form or the shape of the American character? The American character was formed in the American home and in institutions like the public school. Boston's first public school dates back to the 1600s. The school began with the Bible as its curriculum. Across the Charles River, another school profoundly shaped the American mind. That school was named for John Harvard. It too opened the Bible to seek wisdom for pastors to take to their pulpits to generate godliness in their hearers. No, it was not the form of government by itself that was the real secret. It was the character of the people being governed that made America great. Let's pray for that kind of greatness to revive. I am Pastor William Boylan. This is an American Signpost. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host, Pastor William Boylan, and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you have probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host, Pastor William Boylan, and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you have probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Good afternoon. Welcome to Signposts. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Boylan, uh, here with my father, Pastor William Boylan. Good to be with you, Andrew, and with our listening audience. And I think you have a very special guest to introduce to us today. We do. Well, we have a, a, we have a welcome back, our guest from last week. We have Alexandra Boylan with us again to, ta- to talk more about female-driven faith-based films. Uh, we had such an engaging and interesting conversation last week that uh, we're excited to do it again this week and, and really... Uh, delve even deeper into um well i'd love to delve deeper into some of the questions that we were that we ended on some questions about the female gaze about how different it is to have a woman helming a film uh writing the stories telling the stories about women and how it's different for a woman to tell a woman's story than a man to tell a woman's story and in the filmmaking industry it's been a boys club for a long time and certainly a lot of most of the top people are are often men um and we're really break. And Alexander is one of many um, women in the in the new media landscape that are really breaking that glass ceiling. And it's and I think that it's an important thing to have a conversation about and talk about. It's, I mean, faith based f- films themselves are trying to break in, but women um, into into power positions are breaking in. And and I'm hoping to you know just delve into and kind of understand the landscape of Hollywood a little better um, through her eyes. Um, so welcome, Alexandra. Thank Thanks you. I'm happy to be back again. 
yeah. could talk forever, so maybe we should just have me be here every. I know, I know. If you want to move, relocate to <laughs> Boston from Los Angeles and enjoy our lovely winters, I, well, I love and, the summer. Uh, <laughs> we would. Yeah. I'll be happy to have a have have you on every week. Um, you could be our third co-host, and um, and we could have a round table on. Yes. Uh, on all the movies that you're working on. Let's talk about women empowerment from here on out. That's a new signpost. No, no. It's called Women Empowerment Show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Loves Women. Yeah. Show. That's, a, that's a sign of something I'll have to think about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're picking up from what we talked about last week, just all about uh, making female-driven films, but also making female-driven films from a female gaze. Um, when we were originally going to make uh, my first uh, faith-based film called Catching Faith that is available on Netflix and anywhere, DVD and or sold, sorry, um, I had I told our executive producer, who was also the man who was going to help us get the financing, that I wanted to do, he said, you have to make it football. That's it. That was the only requirement of the movie was football. And I was like, okay, but I want to make a female-driven film because they're really, in the faith base, I had noticed they were speaking a lot to the men. And my executive producer, I love him to death, but he said, no, you can't do that because there's no numbers in the marketplace to back up a female-driven faith-based film. I was like, well, of course there's no numbers because nobody's really making those movies. Right. <laughs> How can we have numbers? How will right. we, what comes first? How will the they ever have numbers? Yeah, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are we going to be the ones to say, well, let's just see if this is like, or are we going to say back and say, no, we'll never do that because there aren't any numbers. So in a way, we kind of paved the way. This was before Miracles from Heaven. And, and if you look, there are not very many female-driven faith-based films. Women no. have the side part, like a lot of movies. It's Absolutely. about the man and the women come alongside to tell the man's story. Right. And so it is interesting that people will see catching faith and be like, oh, it's interesting to see the woman have the lead and the man comes up alongside her. And um, But but men love catching faith too. So it wasn't, um, but it's really interesting that we almost were not going to be able to make this movie because there was no numbers to back it up yeah. in the marketplace. And I was like, well, then let, let's be the ones to make the first numbers. And Right. Well, I, I, I will say just even sitting here going, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around this meeting. Here you are sitting here and they've told you that the, your only requirement is to make a football movie, well, and then you come back. Football, yeah. Well, of course, faith, yeah. So first of all, you're making a faith-based film. Yes. You've, you've been called to make faith-based films, so you're making faith-based films. Your financier, your executive, or the your executive producer, producer who yeah. put your financing together, says that the financiers want you to make a. You can, are only allowed to make a football movie, and your retort is, okay, well, it's going to be a female-driven football movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did that happen? How did you how did you pull that off? That's a real rabbit out of a hat. Like I, I like that. That's. How did I say it, or how did we end up making? No, that I, yeah. Movie? Well, how did you conceptualize? Okay, I'm, this is going to be a football movie. I'm going to make a football movie from a female perspective. <laughs> well, it's uh, that we was very tricky because we weren't going absolutely. To do, we I weren't going to do that. She was a football player. Right, right. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, it would be it, that would be difficult. It like, would. Yeah. yeah. So we we incorporated we we. Obviously, when you're making it, when you're writing a script, you're throwing out ideas all course, day long, throwing yeah. ideas onto a wall and seeing what sticks. And uh, what did stick was uh, we also had a small budget. What stuck was high school football. Uh -huh. <laughs> we knew we yep. couldn't do the NFL or yep. major league football, so we said, well, we could probably pull off with a small budget a high school football team. Okay. So then we decided that it would be about her son, and something happens with her son that affects her because for women, especially stay-at-home moms, I mean, that's your job. Your job is to take care of your child, and then a lot of of times women have a lot of pressure to be perfect and to look mm -hmm. like their kids are the best and because that's been their full-time job is to raise their children and then 
the pressure for I think women to make sure that society thinks they're perfect. That's what right. the film's about. And then her and that son being reflected through their children. They're being reflected by their children. Her daughter is the valedictorian. The, uh, and her son is the star player on the fo- player on the football team. Therefore, she did a great job at her job because right. her kids are successful. And of course, in the film, he ends up doing something that was not so great, that, w- that would make them look bad. Mm-hmm. And then she has to decide. Uh, he, he gets caught drinking at a party, and the cops let him go because they're not going to put the star player in jail, which is very common. And we were making this mm-hmm. movie, but a lot of people come up to us and said that with athletes, that is, you know, they'll side the athletic code of conduct, and then they go and do whatever they want, Absolutely. and they get away with it. So we thought this was shining a light on something that needed to be talked about anyway, mm-hmm. that athletes get away with things. They also get more praise than the daughter who's an academic. Athletics right. get more praise than a- Well, academics. I mean, it's the model of colleges like all the money goes into the athletics and you know um and, and the academics people just get forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> like, good job. But no. Yeah. So he gets caught drinking at a party. The cops let him go. But the parents find out and they believe that he should do the right thing. Um, but the, the mother struggles with this because she doesn't want it to make her look bad and what it looks like to the community. Um, and I think that's a huge thing. We're all we all live with these walls up, hoping that nobody will see inside of our real world of, oh, things aren't as perfect. And I think right. that's why the film resonated so strongly with people and why it did, it's doing so well. Let me just tell you, Catchy Faith is doing very well. And I think it's it's tapping into this thing where women just want permission to be like, you know what? I don't have it all together and I don't know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the best mom and the best wife and the best worker now that women have gone back to the workplace and and keep it all together like you have 10 balls in the air and none of them can fall and and we in our movie we're giving them the freedom to say you know what i don't have it all together i'm a mess and it's mm-hmm. okay <laughs> because no one else does either yeah. but that's how we incorporated football was making her son the star of the football team and making that be the side story that kind of propels her story into her becoming a truth teacher and being like you know what it's okay and we're going to set an example to our children no matter what that does to us in the community and then hopefully what it does is does a ripple effect into the community that we did the right thing. Look at what it did for our family. Mm. You should do the right thing too. Yeah, no, that's a that's amazing. It's an amazing way to find a way around. I mean, in my experience, and 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 I know for yours too, um, filmmaking is about problem solving more than anything else. It's about you know how to get over the next hurdle that's going to be put in your way because everybody's fighting to make sure the movie doesn't happen because that's just how movies work. And uh, the odds are stacked against you the from the minute you wake up. <laughs> from the moment you type fade in on your computer, the odds are stacked against you that this, this movie is going to ever get shot on the street. It's, that it's going to make it. You know that anybody will get edited. That anybody will ever see it. You know every. Everything, everything is one one battle after the next to get it. So that is one that is an, that is a brilliant way to have achieved your goal to say, okay, well, I'm gonna I have to make a I have to make a football movie that's about faith. So the son will have a, be a football player who has a problem, and that problem will shed light and open the door for people to see the mom. And how it affects the mom's life, the parent, and then of course I'm sure it, the whole family, the whole parents. But but it's also such a timely topic, and not to, don't want to get on to that. But I, I I've all, I've always thought one of the great things about Catching Faith, and there's several really good things about it. But this this idea about the about school systems, about towns that shield these kids who do bad things because of the glory of sports and since sports is so glorified in our culture now that they'll do anything to make sure that the winning team gets on the field with the winning player and it doesn't matter if you're Duke University where they're doing horrible things to women mm-hmm. or there's just story after story after story and it's and it's hard and and I think it's it's important to get real this is a this is a Christian show 
with Christians and people because sports is part of all of our lives and I love football and I don't want football to go anywhere. But I, but I also think it, it, it's a really evil things go on and we all become a part of hiding those things mm-hmm. when we don't recognize them. Um, and I think catching faith is a powerful example of parents who have, who stand up and say, we are not going to, we're not going to hide this. We're not going to hide what our son did. He's going to have to pay for his his crime, his indiscretion, his thing wrong. Because I know that you know the easy the easy way out, and everybody's willing to accept it, is to make sure that the team gets on on Saturday morning, you know, or Sunday morning, um, regardless of you know who gets shot in the back alley or what woman ends up having her life ruined in a locker room. Or, you know, or a child at Penn State or all these, you know, there's just so much that happens. And, and this is a really powerful topic that you landed on. And I'm sorry that I've got on a pulpit here. No, that's but good. It's, I love but it. I think it's Go really important. Like, it is. And we um, do it. We, we're doing a really very. talk about it. And, and I know you're doing a sequel. In a very PG way, too. Yeah. Like, we always take the film, even though it's got a heavy subject, to make sure that we make it accessible for kids to enjoy it. And because I think that's really important, too, is that, like, we kind of do. You know, we just did a whole movie on bullying that we wrote, and we we wanted to we didn't want to show the 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 scope of how bad bullying could be in the sense that we wanted to show a very very small thing that but it's more of the action uh, the reaction mm. of what happens. That's kind of what we do with. But also, what I love what you said is also what we do in catching bait is we deal with it in high school. Mm-hmm. So if we deal with these problems when kids are kids, Absolutely. then we are creating adults that are going to go out and not do the things that you're talking about. They're doing in college now. Did they get away with it their entire high school? Did no one call them out on? No one held them accountable. So then they went on to college and they be, they learned behavior that they could act whatever they wanted Absolutely. and get away with it. And I think that that's exactly yeah. the the situation. Often is that it's some it's in it's it's built into the system. That they that people get you know it's more important that they their success on the field than anything else that they do in life and and how can you be a moral barometer if that's what Christians are supposed to be and we're supposed to have a moral center that that says we are different we are not like everybody else mm-hmm. but if we put up and go along yeah. with everybody in these in these dark times that we live in um how are we how what are we doing what are we putting at risk mm-hmm. every day is we're supposed to be putting something at risk if we are believe in jesus christ because mm-hmm. he put the ultimate risk up there and we and so it, it you know i think that stories like this one your story i think catching faith is an important story but it's an important topic to talk about in our time because i think that that people do it and and we and we do it so in such small ways i mean and i think it goes back to this question of the female gaze it's these little things that you don't see mm-hmm. that you that by having the right person to tell the story about the right person is so important mm-hmm. And uh, and and I mean I, these are just some things that I I'm very passionate about obviously, but I think that they really shed light on mm-hmm. in these moments um, and in these films. Um, and I love talking to the youth. I feel like we're not talking to the youth enough, especially in the Christian market. I think a lot of movies are geared towards adults, and mm-hmm. we're trying to find a way to do children and adults because kids need to be talked to. And, um, you know, I was on a radio station years ago, and the movie came out, and a, a woman said right before we got onto the radio, she was going to interview me. She said, I watched this movie because I was going to interview you, and I'm sitting in my living room in my uh, high school son sits down and says, what are you watching? And he stayed and watched the whole movie. And afterwards, they had a conversation they had never had before because the movie gave him permission to talk to her about something he hadn't talked about. And she was like, this movie created a conversation I've never had. And that's what mm. we keep wow. hearing yeah, that's Im- left that's and right amazing. from families is they'll sit down and watch this and then the kids will actually feel almost like permission to say, hey, mom, I, hey, dad, I have a question or I, all right, this happened and I haven't felt that I could talk right. about it. 
And that's what we're trying to do, too. It's so important. No, it is so important. And I think that's why it's so important to have a company like your company out there and have Christians supporting it and Christians who are behind it and not just hedge funds and not just money people who are have no connection. They don't care. They'll invest in a horror movie or they'll invest in a Christian movie or they'll invest in, you know, the next superhero franchise. But to have people who are putting their money where their mouth is, people who want to see, you know, who want to be a part of God's economy and see that God's economy is more important than man's economy. And and they can in and through those, they can really shed lights on whether they be topics like this or other. There's so many. And and what you're saying about talking to the youth, getting to people early, because so much of this stuff is built up at such a young age. You know, at eight, nine, and ten, it start. You know, and you know, long before, and then throughout high school, it's reinforced, and then into college, it's reinforced again. And then, how can you come out into the world and be a representative for the gospel if you haven't brought up kids right. who know how to see what's right and wrong? There's, mm-hmm. I mean, this is That's very right. tangential, but mm-hmm. there's this example that I often think back on, and one of the concepts of uh, one of the topics of our show often is history and American history and John Adams. Um, in John, in John Quincy Adams' biography, there's a story about Abigail Adams teaching him and that she would read him two stories, a story about somebody who did something wrong and a story about something she did right when he was very young and is like, you know, seven, eight years old. And then she would make him explain what was right and wrong. And it, usually they were leadership roles. They were, you know, some king from the past or some emperor or some, but they were idiosyncratic moments. And she would put them in front of him and make him articulate the difference. And I think about that with my own children. I think about that as as an adult. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, how can I, where, where do you, you know, where are these examples that I want to put in front of them so they can articulate for themselves what is right and what is wrong? Because... It's very blurred in our oh, time. Oh, it's very it's blurred. Very, and it's very complicated. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just, you know, and it's one of these things. And I think that making more films like this, making more films that aren't sermons, mm-hmm. but are stories, stories first. That, you know, taking your background, you and John, um, Katie Graham and Andrea Polnazic and Alexander Boylan, Coming from a filmmaking perspective and making films for mainstream media and saying, no, I want to make them for Christians, but I want them to be films first. I want to use the storytelling techniques, um, and I won't go into the nuances of what makes that, but using the storytelling techniques of mainstream films, but telling a Christian story instead of telling a sermon in a filmmaking setup. And also, you know, as filmmakers, we get to kind of tell the world how things should be. Mm. And I think a really good example of not doing it right was 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, which got a lot of mm. backlash because they were they marketed that as an anti-bullying for kids thing. It was not for kids. And I didn't appreciate I watched the whole show and I didn't appreciate was I felt like they were just feeding into the problem. They mm. were just like, here's the problem. Let's show kids how to create more of the problem. Let's give them more um, examples of how to get revenge or hurt somebody. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. We get you get a platform to tell a story. Aren't we supposed to tell to teach people how to treat each other. Mm. That should be not, oh, okay, this is what's happening in schools, so let's make a movie to show what's happening in schools. No, let's make a movie to show what should be happening in schools. How should kids be treating each other? How should kids be loving on each other? How should, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's like a huge passion I have too, and I was really upset and disappointed with 13 Reasons Why because it was on Netflix and had such a powerful way to get to kids, and I watched it going, oh my gosh, this is not for children. Don't let your kids watch this. Adults, it should have been marketed to adults as an R-rated 
content. Instead, it was marketed to kids like it was anti-bullying. No, anti-bullying is you make a film like we did with a film that we just wrote called Switch, where you actually tell the children how they're supposed to treat each other. Right. You don't. You, you create the world to mm. mirror to them how it should be, not mirror to them how it is already dysfunctional. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting, and it's a really hard balance as mm-hmm. a writer, as a creative Very much person. So. To... Not saying I know how to do it. No, no. I, I, well, I, well, one, <laughs> I think that you've proven that you have, because I think you have in your stories. But it's something that I struggled with a lot, growing, like when I wanted to become a writer, when I left home and, and left after I graduated college, um, to figure out, because I knew I wanted to tell stories that represented the world, but also had a moral universe and a moral right, and like, compass. but, but, but to delve into it and not sermonize, like right. it's very easy to fall into a didactic pattern where you use it as a lesson plan right. and then it weakens the narrative and it, mm. and, and it weakens the effect of the art. And that's right. why mainstream movies like work so well, um, generally because they're not didactic. They don't need to teach a lesson. So if you want to embed a lesson, and it was something that I struggled with when I was at Gordon, I would write these like little scripts for chapel, and I would always get rejected, and, I would, and, and it was really hard because everything, and I think that in Christian movies, and that's one topic I'd like to talk about with what you guys do at Mustard Seed Entertainment, which I think is very different from faith-based film in general um, overall, um, and, and so much more powerful once people can see it. Because I think even within the Christian community, people don't see these nuanced changes. And I know that And when I was at Gordon, they didn't see it. They didn't see that you have to tell the story first. That like they, they see it when they were, are teaching an English class or when they're teaching history class. They understand how um, Ovid did it. They understand, you know, how um, the Iliad and the Odyssey and the, you know, and, the, and these, these great, you know, hero, heroic journey stories that are not Christian by any stretch, but they understand like how these function and how what trials are put in front of character and how character overcomes trial and learns things. But they don't get it when they're telling their own stories and they need to put God so far out in front of it that you can never tell a story because you're already preaching to people. And it's very difficult. Once you preach, you're closing off that people that would have come to hear it when you can embed it deeper and it's very difficult. And I think it's one of the things that you guys do. And I think it's some of the things maybe you're even struggling with, with your company is getting, uh, getting these big companies to understand what stories you're trying to tell. Right. And well, how I you're think, trying to tell them. No, you're absolutely right. It's, I mean, there's very few people and major studios making faith based right now. So if we're trying to do something new and innovative and different, it's going to always be difficult to get an old, an older company or an mm-hmm. older generation on board of a younger, hipper way to talk to people. You know, I want to do 13 Reasons Why for Christians. Mm-hmm. I want to take that very successful platform, but do it right and do it like where we can really impact kids. But I think talking to the youth is something that is not happening enough. And mm-hmm. when I've met with some of the studios, it doesn't seem to be their number one concern, but it is my number one concern in a lot of ways. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can't get a studio behind me, then I have to, like we said, go out this on our own, find our own financing and tell these stories uh, and get these movies out there because it is um, it's challenging when you don't have a ton of um, companies. And the problem with Christians films is that you go to like the Christian companies and there's only a couple and then they only have the slate of what they really want to do. And then when you go to the secular uh, like Paramount or Universal or going to other major studios, when they when you say faith based, they don't really mean faith based. So they get my script and they're like, wait a minute. 
this is like really faith-based. I was like, yeah, it's a faith-based film. They were like, oh, no, no, no. We didn't want it to really be about God. We just want you to throw a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell a story about Jesus. So it's like we're falling into the middle of this. Where do we go? Where do we belong? Absolutely. And it's tricky. It's hard. I've been pounding the pavement the past year trying to get our third feature off the ground. I know. And that's where it comes back to what we talked about in the first in our episode last week yeah. is that people can become a part of this. Yeah. People can get involved if they want to see these movies because we because we are at a tipping point and the, and there are two studios warring for the for what is going to be the entertainment in your living yeah. room at your Cinemaplex next Saturday afternoon uh-huh. when you are looking for something to do with the kids if it's raining out and if you want that movie to be a movie that talks about Jesus you can go to Mustard Seed Entertainment and be a part of that. Be a proactive champion to say, next Saturday, I want the kind of film that I believe in, that I want my children to see. Um, and, the, and one of the craziest things is Mike on cinemas, they're not even the people who own the company. I don't consider, consider themselves Christians, but they said to Andrea when she came to them and talked about Catching Faith too, they were like, we're about to fund that movie just because we want that movie to show in our movie theater. Mm. We need those films so badly that we'll fund it just so we can have it <laughs> in our own theater. I mean, think about it. If that isn't telling you the need for when even non-believers are saying, I will pay for this movie because I know if this movie comes, it will bring my theater back to life because it's dying because the content that is coming. I mean, is so not on point with what the people want. And I think that that's a little bit of a problem of the disconnect between Hollywood and what people actually really want. Hollywood thinks they know what they want because maybe five years ago it was hot, but they can't. Once one thing works, they just keep reworking that. I'm like, right. but it, then people get bored of that and they want something else. Like like we talked about last episode of the R-rated comedy. When those came out, they became really big with Vince Vaughn and Wedding mm-hmm. Crashers. But then it was like, wait a minute. We don't want that to be the only content that comes out. Right. Then that becomes like, then there's only R-rated comedies coming out. Well, right, there's nothing to fill the need who, for children. Yeah, who aren't progressively <laughs> thinking are always following a trend. Yeah. It's hard to be the person out in front of the trend. Exactly. And, it, and, and, is, <laughs> and is difficult. It's, it's difficult to have a mindset that's above the, in front of the trend. Yeah. And it's also difficult to make the next thing because, one, a lot of money is at stake and it's yeah. very scary and everybody's scared of losing it. Yeah. So, But you have to take risk and you have to take chances. And yeah. I think that that is part of what the gospel message is, is to take a chance, to take yeah. a risk, to be out in front and be the, the forward-thinking person. And trust that if God wants it, God will move. You right. know, he really will. And he has with us. And that's why we called our company Mustard Seed Entertainment, because with Jesus, you know, we can move a mountain and we can start. We've started with nothing. Our company came from nothing. We didn't have anything. And but but God wanted it to happen. And he opened up doors that were, you know, extraordinary. So did you want to say well, something? I'm so as sorry. We're, uh, oh. uh, as, uh, as it turns out, our first half hour is coming to a close. Wow. And we're about to go to a commercial break. So I do want to remind everybody who's been listening that we we are that you're listening to Signpost today with Pastor William Boylan and Andrew Boylan, and we're talking to Alexandra Boylan, who the owner of Mustard Seed Entertainment in Los Angeles. It is a female-driven, faith-based film company. Um, they've made Catching Faith, Wish for Christmas, um, and they're all available online anywhere. But if you would like, you can reach out to mustardseedent.com, mustardseedent.com, um, and say hello. Say that you uh, were listening to Signposts. We'll send you a copy of Catching, Catching Faith, Faith. While, um, supplies last. while Supplies Last. Um, but we'd be happy to send you a copy of Catching Faith. You can see what they're all about. Um, see what this new um, Christian filmmaking 
is all about. Come back and join us for this next half hour. It's going to be another lively discussion. It's be exciting. So come, come right back. You won't want to miss and, it. Uh, <laughs> and they're off um, WBIX goes to pay their bills. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 